TED Audio Collective. Hi, Neil deGrasse Tyson here, and I'm guest hosting today on TED Talks Daily. Here's a talk from a TED fellow and fellow astrophysicist, Katie Mack. She's a thought leader who's trying to make sense out of the complicated and theoretical issues related to the future of the universe. Wait, wait. Actually, her specialty is the end of the universe. (laughs) That's where she's coming from, or at least that's where she's going, or that's where she's going to take us. Check it out. Support for TED Talks Daily comes from Capital One Bank. With no fees or minimums, banking with Capital One is the easiest decision in the history of decisions. Even easier than deciding to listen to another episode of your favorite podcast. And with no overdraft fees, is it even a decision? That's banking reimagined. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. See CapitalOne.com slash bank. Capital One N.A. Member FDIC. Support for TED Talks Daily comes from Odoo. If you feel like you're wasting time and money with your current business software or just want to know what you could be missing, then you need to join the millions of other users who switched to Odoo. Odoo is the affordable all-in-one management software with a library of fully integrated business applications that help you get more done in less time for a fraction of the price. To learn more, visit odoo.com slash TED Talks. That's O-D-O-O dot com slash TED Talks. Odoo, modern management made simple. Hello there. I'm Chris Anderson, the guy lucky enough to run TED. Now, I host a podcast called The TED Interview. And this week on the show, I talked to someone really special, namely the woman I'm married to, Jacqueline Novogratz. She spent 30 years learning how to use the tools of business to tackle global poverty. We got drawn into capitalism raised to the rank of religion. And now we have an opportunity to have a very different conversation. Find the TED interview wherever you listen to podcasts. I love the universe. The vastness, the mystery, the astonishing beauty of the stars. I love everything about it, and I've devoted my life to studying it. From atoms to galaxies, from beginning to end. But lately I've gotten stuck on that last bit. The fact that the universe is dying. I know this may come as a shock. I mean, it's the universe. It's everything. It's supposed to be eternal, right? But it isn't. We know the universe had a beginning, and everything that begins, ends. The start of the story is a familiar one. In the beginning, there was light. We know that because we can see it directly. The cosmos today is filled with low-energy background radiation left over from a time when the whole universe was an all-encompassing inferno. In its first 380,000 years, space wasn't cold or dark. It was thick with a churning, humming plasma. It was hot and dense. It was loud. But it was also expanding. Over time, the fire dissipated and space cooled. Clouds of gas pulled together by their own gravity formed stars and galaxies and planets and us. And one day, astronomers using a microwave receiver detected a bit of static coming from every direction in the sky, the leftover radiation from that primordial fire. We can now map out the cosmos to the farthest reaches of the observable universe. 
We can see distant galaxies whose light has taken billions of years to reach us. So by looking at them, we are looking deep into the past. We can watch how the expansion of the universe has slowed down since that hot early phase 13.8 billion years ago. We can see collisions of entire galaxies and watch the bursts of star formation that result from the sudden conflagration of all that cosmic hydrogen. And we can see that these collisions are happening less and less. The expansion of the universe isn't slowing down anymore. A few billion years ago, it started speeding up. Distant galaxies are getting farther apart faster and faster. Star formation has slowed. In fact, we can calculate exactly how much. And when we do, we find something shocking. Of all the stars that have ever been born or that ever will be, around 90% have already come into being. From now until the end of time, the universe is working on just that last 10%. The end of the universe is coming. There are a few ways it could happen, but the most likely is called the heat death and it's an agonizing, slow languishing of the cosmos. Stars burn out and leave smoldering ash. Galaxies become increasingly isolated in their own dim pools of light. Particles decay. Even black holes evaporate into the void. Of course, we still have some time. The heat death is so far in the future, we hardly have words to describe it. Long past a billion years, when the sun expands and boils off the oceans of the Earth. Long past a hundred billion years, when we lose the ability to see distant galaxies and that faint trace of Big Bang light. Long after we are left alone in the darkness, watching the Milky Way fade. It's okay to be sad about it, even if it is trillions of years in the future. No one wants to think about something they love coming to an end. As disconnected as it may be to us here and now, it is somehow more profound than personal death. We have strategies for accepting the inevitability of that. After all, we tell ourselves, something of us will live on. Maybe it will be our great works. Maybe it will be our children carrying on our genetic material or perhaps our basic outlook on life. Maybe it will be some idea worth spreading. Humanity might venture out into the stars and evolve and change, but something of us will survive. But if the universe ends, at some point we have no legacy. There will come a time when, in a very real sense, our existence will not have mattered. The slate will be wiped clean completely. Why should we spend our lives seeking answers to the ultimate questions of reality if, eventually, there will be no one left to tell? Why build a sandcastle when you can see that the tide is coming in? I've asked a dozen other cosmologists, and they all had different answers. To some, the death of the cosmos just seems right. It's freeing to know that we are temporary. I very much like our blipness, one told me. To others, the question itself motivates the search for some alternative theory. There must be some way to carry on. The slow fade to black just cannot be how our story ends. One found comfort in the possibility of the multiverse. It's not all about us, he said. Personally, I feel lucky. Our cosmos existed for billions of years before us, and it will carry on long after we are gone. For this brief moment, we are here. We may be insignificant to the cosmos as a whole, but we have an immense power to understand it, to see the beginning, 
to contemplate the end, to look up into the sky and see ourselves reflected in every tiny point of light. There is a kind of luxury in the freedom to look beyond our own little lives and contemplate the end of everything. We fragile, doomed humans carry within us a sense of discovery and wonder. It will persist as long as there are thinking beings in the cosmos, and we can decide how to use it. Thank you. Hello, Chris Anderson, head of TED here. That talk was by one of our impressive TED Fellows. The TED Fellows program recognizes local leaders and equips them to make change on the global stage. There's a possibility you could be one of them. Learn more at ted.com slash fellows and apply today to join the program. That's ted.com slash fellows.